Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Realm of Unknown. Today we have a bit of a shorty, but a goody. And again, I just want to preface that I am recording this the same day that I recorded last week's episode, which I believe is the Fresno Nightcrawlers at the point in which I'm recording this. So there's nothing new, nothing really to talk about in any sense, uh, aside from things are still crazy at this point, and uh, my schedule has been very odd and different, and unfortunately have not allowed me to record and put the effort that I would like to into these videos. God, these not, not these videos, my apologies, uh, these audio recordings, because I'm still, for some reason, having a YouTuber mindset, and I really, really need to kick that habit. But today is, at the time of recording, uh, shortly before the 4th of July weekend, so I guess I hope you had a good one, <laughs> since this episode is coming up the week afterwards, but uh, I do hope people had a great time and somehow managed to make a good thing out of what it is now, and I just hope that you're able to enjoy the summer in your own way. Hopefully it's a good way. I don't know. I'm really bad when it comes to discussing this sort of stuff, but I'm hoping to get better. But again, today's going to be a short episode, not so much because of restraints in any way, but because the topic itself is actually rather short. It's pretty straightforward and pretty... If, if Once you hear it, you'll understand what it is. And I'm not going to say the name particular. Well, I should just say you've already clicked on the title and you already see what it is. It's the it's a ghost that's known as the Gray Man, and this is a local legend within the South Carolina region. Uh, if you're not familiar with you and how the United States is structured, if you are aware of the East Coast, it is pretty much situated towards like the lower middle, like middle line. So that's a reference for you. But let's just get into it. And before we do, I want to preface with by saying um, a key component of what you need to know about this is hurricanes. And uh, the fact that hurricanes are actually a pretty prolific uh, way of life or part of life when it comes to this particular region of the United States. It happens all over the world, but when it comes to the United States, the uh, East Coast and the, I guess, southern edge of the East Coast get hit most hard uh, if it's not moving into the Gulf, that is, if it's staying in the Atlantic. So this is just something that people are used to. And if you're an international listener and you aren't familiar with what a hurricane is, uh, if you're familiar with what a typhoon is, it's the same thing. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure the comparison is just hurricanes are in the Atlantic Ocean and typhoons are in the Pacific Ocean, but they are essentially the exact same thing, just different names. But just to give some reference, this particular story happens in this region, and hurricanes are something that people have to worry about pretty much yearly. However, every few years, every so often, you will get those stories and those reports of a tremendously horrible storm that is about to hit the mainland. And obviously, these storms pass, they don't stay forever, but at that current time, the idea of, you know, loss of property or loss of life is going to be frightening. And um, that does play into what the Gray Man sort of is. 
But before, before I keep saying before, this is is we're in the topic. So within South Carolina, uh, no other location is more vulnerable to being hit by hurricanes and sustaining their destructive capabilities than a location known as Cape Hatteras. Now, Cape Hatteras Island sits on the edge of what is known as the Gulf Stream, which, if you are not aware, is a rather massive current of warm water that circulates throughout the Atlantic. It just so happens that the edge of it runs right through the waters of this cape and this island. So the current itself is actually so strong that it actually did shape the island that Cape Hatteras sits on. So it's not a force to be reckoned with. It's just essentially a thing that is a part of the Atlantic, and it is something that you just have to be aware of, especially when you're in the region. And a reason for that is the fact that the Gulf Stream, and because of all the warm water that flows within it, is a particularly uh, prevalent path for hurricanes that happen to veer and remain in the Atlantic. And this is due to them drawing upon the warm waters as a sort of energy source that allows them to sustain the shape of the storm a lot longer. And unfortunately for Cape Hatteras, again, it sits right upon that path that the hurricane is going to take. Hence why it's so vulnerable to these sorts of storms. But the interesting thing, or I should say the other interesting thing about this island, is not the fact that it sits within a hurricane highway, uh, is the fact that the island may possibly have a sort of defense mechanism, or spotter, perhaps. And that is in the form of the Grey Man of Hatteras Island. So the Grey Man of Hatteras is a indistinct, shadowy figure that is seen walking on the beaches of Cape Hatteras whenever a hurricane is approaching. He is known to appear when the very first winds of the storm touch the island, when you are just barely able to discern that there is going to be a storm, uh, he appears. And he is essentially a warning sign or a, like a threat warning for those who live on the island that this particular storm is going to be bad. Take it seriously. This is going to be a hurricane. This is going to be something horrible. Like, bunker down, do what you need to to get out of the way. Uh, he is essentially a giant omen or red flashing light, if that's what he is, essentially. This particular f- spiritual figure, he never speaks. At least, he never speaks to anyone, or no one's heard him speak. And this is due to the fact that no one can get close to him. You only ever see him in a distance. You only ever see him walking along the beach. If you were to approach the gray man after spotting him, first off, you should just leave if you see him because things are about to get really, really bad and dangerous. But if you were brave enough to venture and, I guess, curious enough to venture off and try to get close to him, he actually fades away when someone gets near. And oftentimes people report that his form sort of fades into that of like a salty air or salty breeze. Obviously, he's on the beach, so that could also just be what you're smelling. But in all accounts, you just cannot get close to him. He is very much just an omen and a warning that things are about to get very bad. And 
that's pretty much what he is. The Islanders, the people who call the um, island of Hatteras home, if they see him on the beach, they know that there is an upcoming storm and that it is going to be a bad one and that they take him as a warning and a very serious one that things need to get put into motion for you to be safe from the upcoming catastrophe, you know, in a sense. But what is he? What is this gray man, this weird spiritual ghost that seems to be a flashing warning sign? Some people believe that he is the ghost of a sailor that came from the island, who was born there or lived there or whatever reason, and who had died at sea due to a hurricane. That particular story has him coming back to warn the fellow islanders of the imposing dangers. He, I guess, was terrified and traumatized in the last moments in life. Uh, So now his soul continues to sort of wander back to the island so that people don't suffer the same fate as him. And he does it to Hatteras Island because that's his homeland in a sense. Now other people, and this is a, a sort of interesting one, other people believe that he was never a man. He was never human. He never existed. He's not some sort of spirit. But simply put, he is some force of nature. And he. this comes from the idea that he is an embodiment of the hurricane. He is an embodiment of the wind, of the water, of the weight, whatever it is. That he is created from the energy, from whatever reason or whatever thing you believe in. And he just happens to go to the island when it's most vulnerable. And that's when he appears. That's when he does his thing. And this actually sort of makes me think of one of our early episodes, episode two, I believe is what it was, of the Dark Watchers, which, if you haven't listened to that episode, is a sort of weird, omen-like, mysterious, distant figures that are spotted in the mountain ranges in California, and they just sort of stand there. Like, they, they never interact with people, they don't make any sounds, they never, you can never get close to them, similar to the Gray Man, they're just there. And a lot of the theories when it comes to those relates to this last one, which is that the Dark Watchers are a sense of, or, a, or I should say, the Dark Watchers are a sort of natural force, that they are some sort of natural spirit or natural entity of the earth and we just happen to see them sparingly and in this particular case the gray man is only seen when a hurricane is about to hit and so maybe there's some relation there who knows i'm not an expert when it comes to the weird connections that paranormal stuff has i'm just interested in them (laughs) um and i will never claim to be an expert but i just find it interesting that they share a lot of similarities but the major difference is the fact that uh, the Gray Man is a sort of omen where the Dark Watchers, from what I can understand, are just sort of there. I don't, I didn't see any accounts in which they actually were there for a reason or were there to warn people or interacted. So I don't know. It's just interesting that there is a sort of comparison to be had. But whoever the Gray Man is, or whoever he was, or whatever he is, the Gray Man of Hatteras 
still, like, the reports still come in. He is still seen walking the beaches uh, of Hatteras Island. He's always sort of seen as this sort of shadowy-like figure that is illuminated by the lighthouses and the lights of the island. And again, he only pops up when the hurricane's about to hit. Even as Hatteras Island has gone from being a, you know, secluded, very small, lived-upon island into being a more of a tourist-type beach, he has always been there. He has always been spotted on this island when people live there. Now, more people are there, so it's a bit more apparent, but it's notable to say that he has always been attached to this island and has always had reports from people who inhabit it, which is interesting. I don't know if there are any correlations to any native legends that occurred in the region at the time, uh, or earlier in this case, that would be interesting to find. I have not been able to really discern it. However, if there is like if we want to keep playing off the correlation of the Dark Watchers, they are believed to have some connection to native legend. It's debatable, but some people think so. But when it comes to the Gray Man, I don't particularly know. He is never really reported as having any distinguishable features that would connect him to that. In fact, he's actually been described as wearing simply gray clothing or a long coat. And some sometimes people think that he looks like, an, uh, like a pirate. And that could possibly play into the idea that he was a sailor at one point. But there's really no direct connection that could be played into Native Legend. But it's still a possibility. I just couldn't find it anywhere. At the very end of the day, people know about this. This, again, is a local legend that if you are from the region, you know of. If you're from South Carolina, you know of. Uh, I think if you're just really into this sort of mythos, you know of him. Um, I knew of him before even looking into the topic because someone that I went to school with who was from the South actually just briefly and like just casually mentioned like, oh, you know, like, I think there's a legend nearby because I she's from uh, North Carolina. She's like, there's a legend somewhere within my area that like a ghost will walk the beach before a storm hits. And she didn't know like the specific details, but she knew enough that it was something that she could sort of reiterate in future context. And uh, that's that's interesting to me. The fact that this is sort of a local legend local myth that has spread so far that people are now knowing about it pretty generally um and and to a case that like even tv coverage has gone to it obviously not like mainstream mainstream but uh like unsolved mysteries has talked about it in an episode about the ghost and um it's interesting that people actually still take this as a notable thing and again there's a lot of theories that people have whether him being a pirate uh some think that he's like a blackbeard associated pirate others have him being a sailor who lost his life an entity like there's just so many avenues in which it could go down that he's just remains a mystery like he he this entity remains a weird bizarre local mystery that no one is really able to fully discern 
And the idea that it plays as a sort of omen is really interesting to me uh, because oftentimes when it comes to paranormal stuff, you have that. You Whether it's like someone having a sixth sense type sensation or a ghost visiting a family member in a dream uh, to warn them of some sort of illness, even down to like creatures. Like, like and this is not particularly a creature, uh, but it sort of falls within that mythos. But like, uh, like Mothman, people associate Mothman as a sort of omen. Um, I don't remember the particular name of what it's called, uh, but the Blackbird of something or something. I'll have to, I, I don't know it off the top of my head, which people, again, think might also be a Mothman type creature, which warned a group of miners before entering a mine and frightened them. And if they had entered the mine normally, they would have all died because the whole mine collapsed within like minutes. So the idea that there is some sort of higher knowing entity or creature or knowledge out there that is warning people and like, I guess everyone essentially, like not even people, that like something bad's going to happen, that you need to heed this warning. And I think that's interesting. Obviously, it's sort of been a cliche in movies and media but it's interesting to to see that it comes from some sort of real I'm not gonna say fact but i guess tradition when it comes to local legends and myths and sort of urban know-how type things that they've become today uh <laughs> and it's, it's it's something interesting that i i I'm glad we got to cover. Again, it was a very short episode, and a lot of it is me rambling or talking about other stuff. But the Gray Man is something that I simply wrote down as, like, I literally just wrote down as the Gray Man in my notes and made him a topic that I wanted to talk about at some point or another. Being able to actually look into it, and his whole name is actually a lot more cool than I thought, like, the Gray Man of Hatteras. Like, that's. That's a lot lot more of a better title than just simply writing the Gray Man. But looking into him and looking into the more specifics of how he sort of functions was interesting. And if you guys have any other topics or subjects that are similar to that that you would like me to look into and maybe cover on a future episode, definitely feel free to let me know. Uh, Reaching out to me via email is probably the best way to really compile those thoughts. It's realmofunknown at gmail.com. But if you just want to simply just tell me outright, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is Realm of Unknown. Instagram is Realm of Unknown. But I'm more likely to be on Twitter and I'm pretty active there when it comes to going back and forth with people. So if you do want to reach out, do so there. Uh, My messages, I think, are open. I could be wrong. I don't know. But if you have any topics or subjects you would like me to listen to, definitely send them over there. And if you want to support the channel, or not, gosh darn it, not the channel, the podcast. I need to stop thinking it's a YouTube thing. But it is a YouTube thing, technically. Um, If you do want to support it, feel free to leave a review at, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to. I'm pretty much everywhere. I just recently learned that I am on iHeartRadio. I did not know this. Um, I use Anchor as a host, and they only tell me, like, a few of the services that I'm on. But apparently, I'm on a lot more platforms, and I think that just falls under the other category. But still, like to be like, oh shit, you're on iHeartRadio. Like that's actually pretty cool. Uh, 
So I don't know. It's interesting. But if you guys have any feedback or anything, please leave a review and let me know. I'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. And uh, I hope that you guys did enjoy this episode and that you are going to be here for the next episode coming out next week. I don't know what it's going to be at this time of recording because that's like two to three weeks out. Um, and my restructuring of things have sort of shifted where episodes are falling. But nonetheless, I hope you guys enjoy it again and I hope to see you guys next week. But until then, remember to stay spooky. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.